Sick, Yeffy Balls. What's up? Not much. I am not coming to you live from the bathroom, so that's an improvement over this morning. Uh, what does that mean? <laughs> I mean, there was some lower GI stuff going on this morning. <laughs> that's how you open up this already going to be a, just a top tier podcast talking about serial killers. You're like, <laughs> hey, by the way, diarrhea. <laughs> but I did not shit my pants before you asked. <laughs> that was going to be my next question is if Brown Bill came for you. Dude, I will not get over people who shit their pants in their own house. <laughs> I should not throw stones too much because my family is notorious for shitting their pants in their own house. That's right. Mama and Papa Yeti. <laughs> they blow up their own. <laughs> they load up them shorts in their own house. And I do not understand it, but maybe someday I will. Are they wearing Depends when they do this? I've recommended it. I've I've offered, I've purchased a box of Depends. And I was like, just in case, guys, just in case. And they're like, no. Did you frame it as a gag gift? Um, yeah, kind of. What do you think that was my error? I was like, oh, waka waka, you're getting old. Instead of being like, no, really, your carpet will thank you. Possibly. Maybe. I mean, I. I, I will admit the one time that it's ever happened to me was in my house. But what happens in COVID quarantine stays in COVID quarantine. <laughs> um, I guess this is these are important lessons for me to take down and remember for this Christmas when I get my father a ball trimmer. <laughs> Not to phrase yeah. it as like a gag gift. Be like, nah, dude. No, it's real. This is the end thing now. You got to trim your bows. Keep Grandma <laughs> Yeti happy. Hey, Papa. <laughs> Papa. <laughs> Here's a ball trimmer for you. You know what I realized the last time that we record? Mm -hmm. Sometimes I think we're having an awkward silence. We're not. You're we're laughing. <laughs> well, we might be. But a lot of times you're laughing, but you laugh silently. It's just a big grin. You like, hey, no, because no. I can hear like. <sighs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I will try to laugh louder. I need some big dramatic ha ha. Yet yet you have slayed my humor bone once again. <laughs> hey, when you give Papa Yeti the uh, ball trimmer, are you yeah. going to make it seem like it's from Baby Yeti? Oh. Mm. <laughs> you are now. <laughs> I mean, in the I think that that idea is fucking hilarious. Some people out there will be like that's fucking creepy. <laughs> we're both right and we're both wrong but if it's that right can it be really wrong papa i don't know man i think i've noticed this a lot especially on twitter lately is that some people have a really good sense of humor and they're fun and some mm -hmm. people have anime profile pictures and they're fucking assholes mm -hmm. <laughs> and and blue hair and nose rings i have not I get what you're I get where you're coming from and it would be a pity for me to like ruin your joke by pointing out I've never had that happen. I've only had anime profile pictures come out of the woodwork to fucking not understand sarcasm and be total twat waffles. Well, there has to be a certain subset of the population. It's annoying. And I'll tell you what because you know like the Friday night tight crew and like their tweets and their posts and all that kind of stuff. Man, if they Oh, they're charming. If, if they say something on your shit, the anime profile picture people come out of the woodwork and they are just 
they're, lovely it's, people. It's like they just stalk those people to just for the express purpose of being angered. Why don't you don't find know. something you enjoy and follow that? Because I once because- again did my thing where I was like, is there anything more exciting than the season finale of She-Hulk? And then I added to it. I, I, I was a little cunty boy. And I added to the bottom. I was like, go ahead. I'll wait. <laughs> and boy, oh boy. They're like, you fucking asshole. You suck. You idiot. You shill. You make me cringe. And let me How just say, dare like, you insult our girl power show? Uh, no, 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 no. You are actually wrong. They are mad at me for liking the show. They think really? I like, they think I like the show. And they are like, you fucking loser. You piece of shit. Oh, yeah. So it's actually all the people out there. I, the people who actually love the show are just like, yeah, I liked it too. And then they just go about their merry day. But it's the people who absolutely hate She-Hulk that are fucking losers. Okay, so the anime people do not like She-Hulk? No, they hate it. Really? Yes. I would have thought that would have been right up their alley. Because, I mean, she is a giant anime character. I mean, she's all animatron or CGI. No, they so, hate woke Marvel huh. shit. They hate all that kind of stuff. And they're just being obnoxious. That's why they all follow around the Friday Night Tight Crew. Like, don't get me wrong. The Friday Night Tight Crew, the, like, legit people are seem pretty funny. They seem yeah. to have a good sense. Like, Comics Division comments on all of them. And he gets the joke. Right. He's in on it. He's the, he realizes that I'm just being like, anybody want to take a swing at this? But then when he does that, then all the fucking weirdos come out of the woodwork and they're like, hey, look at this fucking chill account. Nah. I would but have d- thought that they would love She-Hulk. That, I that know. blows my mind. I know. Maybe they started out not liking Marvel in the first place because it didn't start out woke. And that mm. hurt their feelings. And then when I it became that- woke, they didn't get that memo. The stereotypical, like, loser-esque person, they hate She-Hulk, and they do love anime. Hence the anime profile picture. Hence the, like, if anybody has followed my goddamn account for two seconds or just scrolled down, they would realize I don't fucking like She-Hulk. God damn it. Listen to the podcast. I'm you being sarcastic. <laughs> after the show is over, put a thank God that's over post. And then get Comics Division to post on that. And, and you act you as if I yourself. just have the inside scoop on Comics Division. He just comes yeah. and goes like an enigma. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll say this, though, because here's the whole point of why I phrase it the way I phrase it. Of like, I dare you to name something more exciting than She-Hulk. is because mm-hmm. Twitter... Oh, here's another thing they do that's been driving me crazy. A lot of them will be like, oh, my God, the ratio on this post is hilarious. And I'm like, hey, hey, numbnut. Uh, a ratio is a YouTube thing. This is Twitter. Twitter works off of engagement and it doesn't care if it's positive or negative engagement. If mm-hmm. it sees that people are talking and tweeting and reacting to the post, it boosts it. So cool. thank you. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I don't know, man. What got us talking about this anyway? Uh, Shit in your pants? Probably. That leads to all kinds of things. Something about poop in the pants? I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember either. Either way. We'll go back and catch... listen to it later. So me and Kayla and Kelsey, we reviewed the Jeffrey Dahmer Yes, I series. listened to that episode from my sickbed this morning. Oh, okay. Um, 
And I thought that it might make doing this review of the actual Dahmer tapes tough, but I think it'll actually make it better. I don't know. I don't know. I heard a whole lot of things that were like, well, that was in there. And I was going to talk about that. And damn it, you stole my thoughts. So no, um, we need okay. to just address it again. Because I'll okay. say this. I do we'll know there, there is a subsection of the audience, the 8750 audience that only seems to like podumentary. <laughs> like that's the okay. fucking shit. They come out. Hi. Like, I know. Hi, guys. So they come out and they say like on good pods. They're like, oh, my God, I love podumentary. And like. That's just all they listen to is the podumentary stuff. So, hi guys. Okay. They might not have heard the eighty-seven fifty reviews, the Dahmer docu series, not docu. Okay. What is the name of those things? Uh, Conversations with a Killer is the Netflix subseries. Are you no. asking like what the limited series is called? The name of the type of program that is like I'm based in reality mainly, but I have a docudrama. Docudrama. Fucking A, Lisa. Yes, docudrama. I know English. I've been... Tr- you have heard the review last night. The word docudrama escaped me the entire time. <laughs> anyway, so we're going to do... What was the one that we watched called? Conversations with a Killer. That's right. Colon, the Jeffrey Dahmer tapes. Let's get into it. All right. So these are based off of conversations that his defense attorney had with him while he was in prison. Um, well, part of it was, you know, before he went to prison, but still. Um, and I wasn't real thrilled with the way that they laid this out. There was a whole lot of day of the arrest, 20 years ago, a murder. Day of the arrest, 10 years ago, a murder. Day after the arrest, oh. 17 years ago, a murder. It's lots of back and forth. You would hate the docuseries then. I, I have been watching the docuseries. Or, oh, uh, how far are you? Um, they were just getting ready to evacuate the building after his arrest. And so they're yeah, showing these like Nash packing her. No, uh, episode seven, I think. Oh, wow. You're into it then. Okay, yeah. cool. Don't you just hate the way it like jumps around all over the place? It's very annoying. Yes. So both of them do it or do the jumping around, but they're both from Netflix. So I, I feel like that's not really. Uh, coincidence. The Jeffrey Dahmer tapes, though, does it fantastically less, I feel. I... You disagree? Ooh. There there was a lot of jumping around. Alright. And so, like, I have a lot of spaces here between my notes. Listen to those notes. Are, Listen yeah. to them. I actually... I, I'm writing my notes in one of those three-subject binders, and I have completely filled up the first subject with just a couple of things that we have done and then i'm i'm like well into the second one so wow lots of pages so it starts off with the it's like she's 22 i forget her name uh wendy patricus patricus and she works for the lawyer that represented jeffrey dahmer when he got arrested for molesting a kid yes as uh, jerry boyle put it uh, I represented him in 1998 for, quote, some sex crime. You know, they, after a while, they all kind of blend together. Yeah, something, somebody diddled yeah. somebody. I don't know. Hey, diddle, yeah. diddle. Yeah, she got a phone call in the middle of the night, and she was the junior lawyer. I think she had just passed the bar like two years before. So she's the junior lawyer in the firm. So Super she gets early 20s. Calls. I yeah. wonder if the lawyer knew. He's like, oh, Jeffrey Dahmer's going down hard. So we may as well just like get this girl some experience 
I don't know because um, one of the psychiatrists uh, in the previous case said he's like highly likely to reoffend, and you know Boyle had to have had access to to that uh, report. So I'm, I'm sure he knew. Yeah, the guy's guilty. So because he instantly started case. confessing to stuff. So anyway, she gets oh, yeah. called, and it's like, "Hey, we're, you're gonna like help me represent Jeffrey Dahmer," and she's like, "Huh." And then okay. she starts doing conversations with him and she tapes them all. And that's the premise of the documentary is just all the tape recordings of her going through mm-hmm. his and, life and his murders and all that kind of stuff. And she asked him, well, why are you telling them so much? He's like, well, they already found everything they need to know, you know. So, um, yeah, hater. Uh, yeah. So they've already found everything that they need to know. And uh, I'm probably not going to get out of jail anytime soon, eh? Because, like, I kept all their skulls and, like, <laughs> I <laughs> took pictures I of all of it. just want to know why I am the way that I am. He did the best job he possibly could at trying to not get away with any of this. Because, like, yeah, he just had a collection of skulls in his closet. He had yeah. Polaroid pictures in his drawer. He had the murder weapons all over the place. He had a vat of fucking acid in his room. Yeah. So oh, boy. He killed 11 men in what two years yeah and i i mean it the smell coming out had of that apartment had been going on for like a year that people started complaining about it so who knows how long it went on before somebody actually registered an actual complaint because it's gonna get pretty bad before you start complaining about the neighbor smells but why wouldn't you try to rent a property or a house or something in the middle of nowhere he rented an apartment Dude, yeah. there are fucking trailers you can rent that are pretty cheap. He clearly did not know this. Yeah, that's the thing, man. Jeffrey Dahmer, so dumb. So dumb. Such a dumb person. He only but, got away with his bullshit for so long because, like, of sheer luck, incompetence on the police, mm-hmm. and, like, the docuseries tried to point out was, like, uh, homophobia and racism, and cops just kind of being like, yeah, we ain't fucking around with this, so bye. Yeah, because they were told... Be nice to the gay people. Yeah, that's what the that documentary so well. pointed out was that the yeah. cops were like, hey, gay people are having a really hard time right now. They're getting like demonized because of this AIDS epidemic and mm-hmm. uh, fucking treat them with respect. God damn it. So then so then when the cops get called over to Jeffrey Dahmer's apartment because he's got an issue, what he claims with is his boyfriend is drunk and needs to sleep it off. The cops are like, OK, yeah, I'll just take your word for it. Sure. Sure, man. white guy over th- that we will believe over these black girls. Yeah, fucking messy is what it is. Yeah. Anyway, so she so starts. Got, she gives yeah. us the intro as to the premise. Is these are my conversations with Jeffrey. Yep. And so we also hear from Jeff Fleming. Yay, Jeff! Um, so many Jeffs. So many Jeffs. <laughs> like Hunter Jeffrey Moore. Yes. So many Jeffs. <laughs> Yeah. So Jeff Fleming was a TV reporter and he was one of the first people on the scene. Um, he knew one of the cops that was guarding the door. They wouldn't let him in, but he saw it through the doorway. And he's like, I, I mean, it was a fairly nondescript apartment from what he could see, except for the lava lamp. And um, James Causey was a newspaper reporter. And he's the one that got the call from the scene, wrote up the story, sent it to the editor. So I guess he gets the byline on that. Yeah, they pointed um, out that like because they got they knew one of the cops that was guarding the door yeah. and they're like, bruh, let us in there. And the cop was like, no, no, I will get very fired. 
this is yes. a this is a big fucking deal. Nothing like this it's has bad. happened in Milwaukee. It's real bad. He's like, but I'll open the door and you can peek in. And he said the yep. thing that he noticed the most was just like this orange lava lamp giving a very like demonic feeling to the entire room. They should have really used that in the docuseries. Telling you what. I guess it wasn't a major plot point. Yeah, they just made his aquarium super green. And I've owned many an aquarium. They've never been green like that. <laughs> Ever. Well, if you don't clean them so that the fish get ick and die, well, maybe they are. Here's They're the not. thing, though. You can clean your aquarium and your fish can <gasps> still get ick. If anything, overcleaning your aquarium can lead to fish getting ick. I know nothing about fish ick. I know a ton about fish ick. <laughs> and it okay. doesn't smell either. When fish get ick, it does not smell. The medicine, okay. depending on the medicine that you use, that can be a little medicine chemically smelling, but it doesn't smell gross. Okay. Yeah. Having an aquarium is basically you're just trying to have a balanced ecosystem. And that's one of the rookie mistakes that people who have aquariums have is they overclean and you don't want to do that because there is such a thing as good bacteria that breaks down the bad bacteria. <laughs> so the fish need their probiotics. Yeah, dude. They need the probiotics. They need. They need their Jamie Lee Curtis makes you go poop yogurt. Well, they poop and pee and that makes ammonia. And then there's nitrates. Nitrates start to form. And that's what kills fish is like the nitrates form and they start eating the ammonia. But after a while, there's nitrites that form and those take down the nitrates. But then those also need to be removed. That's what you're. So anyway, you need all of those things working in a concert. To have the fish not die. This is why I like having mammals for pets. Yeah, like because, cats, cats aren't gross as fuck. <laughs> but all you gotta do is clean out the litter box usually. Eh, also gross. I will tell you this. If you have a proper f filtration system on your aquarium, it is fucking the easiest pet you've ever owned. I had fish when I was like 12. They died. Yeah. I'm telling yeah. you, man. I'm telling Because I kept discus fish. Discus fish are hard to keep. But once you get good at it, they are the coolest fucking fish that you could have. They're freshwater fish, but they look like a saltwater fish. They're fucking Google discus. They're rad. I would go through so many fish before I got it right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. No fish for me. Okay. Anyway. And the rule in our house is nothing else to poops. So, yeah. Ferrets are gross. Some people keep mice. That's pretty gross. <laughs> like, I think like we have one dog and I think he's pretty gross. Our dog sheds everywhere. So everything is covered in dog hair. And yeah. I was trying to avoid that, but that baby Eddie loves it. I think our next dog is going to be some sort of poodle mix so it doesn't shed and get grossness everywhere. Good luck with that. Thank you. <laughs> so Dahmer wants to know why he was the way he was. So that's one of the reasons why he was cooperating with the defense. And I mean, really, what defense could he come up with other than insanity? I, I right. mean, I guess he could try the devil made me do it, but yeah, that wasn't going to work. So uh, maybe his enemies. He didn't try that defense. My enemies. My enemies. He, he did say in in the drama that oh people are out to get me, Dad. I don't know, Dad. Everybody just doesn't like yeah. him. I, yeah. don't I wonder why. I just keep killing him. Yeah, it's he, not a big deal. He seemed like such a fucking asshole. Yeah. So the the psychologist comes on and he says that Dahmer was seeking to fill an emptiness. Murdering didn't help fill that emptiness. But he still felt a compulsion. And shockingly, he lacks empathy. Oh, my goodness. Who'd have thought? Sorry, I yeah. just said he seemed like such an asshole. In the docu-series, he seemed like such an asshole. He's, he seemed like unhinged and angry and like 
always just trying to get somebody into an inca- incapacitated state so he can do what he wants with them. In real life, from the the Jeffrey Dahmer tapes, he just seems like a nothing man. He just seems like yeah. milk toast. Yeah. Who I guess when he gets drunk might murder your ass. He possibly. And I mean, he was able to go nine years in between murders. So, yeah, I, I, he had a little bit of control over that. Uh, Kayla pointed out it seemed like his drinking had a lot to do with like once he got drunk he got real like I don't want you to leave and Mm -hmm. murdering people became an end to keeping people from leaving him which the docuseries in from my uh, in my opinion did not do enough to make it seem like he's murdering people to keep them from leaving yeah he he, they would say oh I don't want you to go and then anger anger bash him with a hammer Right. So it came but, out as more of him being mad or like it didn't. I don't know. I just didn't get the attachment issue vibe from the docuseries. I definitely right. got it from the Dahmer tapes. Right. So Dahmer himself did not know what triggered it all. It, he blamed it all on his own twisted thinking. And he didn't want to talk a whole lot about his childhood. Um, there was no known trauma like molestation or abuse. Now, as we saw in the drama uh mom was using some medications while she was pregnant but from what i read on wikipedia it, it seems like he was a pretty normal little boy up until he had the hernia surgery when he was four years old really like his that, dad says that in the docuseries yep it, like he was a, a normal happy little boy and then he got quiet after that and there are known uh cases where anesthesiology can um it can speed up existing dementia in elderly patients. Really? Yes. Because I remember looking into that back when my husband's grandpa was, um, he had some, he had some issues. And I remember reading about that a little bit. Yeah. Surgeries so, or traumatic like brain injuries or like, cause I have a cousin who got bunked on the head with a branch that fell out of a tree while they were cutting firewood. Did it leave and, a dent? <laughs> no, she's dent free. Oh. But it okay. did unlock that she had like celiac disease and it became very mm. gluten intolerant and all that kind of stuff. Never had a problem with it in her entire life until she got a massive bunk in the head. And then that trauma just unlocked her celiac. Di- just What do you call it? Celiac disease? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Huh. I know. It's so weird. Yeah. I mean, it may be one of those things that it was going to show up and they, that that was just point where everybody started paying a lot of attention to her and then all of a sudden hey no guess what? she went from being able to eat bread and all that kind of stuff to like nope that'll take her out for a week if she has gluten but you know i know people that have developed that or at least a gluten intolerance i don't know if it's actually celiac but developed it as an adult oh yeah so it's possible i, I don't know like maybe she would have developed it over time but mm-hmm. get the bunk rushed it i don't know man i don't know don't i'm move. just saying Bodies are weird. Bodies are weird. This is like when it's like, oh, he had a hernia surgery and the anesthesia might have unlocked him being a fucking psycho. It's like, yeah, maybe. Possibly. Possibly. So they, they said that there's no history of insanity on either side of the family. But I, the drama made his mom seem like a real good whack job. Yes. I, but uh, apparently she wasn't criminally insane. Right. And his dad and his mom, I don't even know if his mom is still alive, but his dad and his brother did not participate in the documentary at all. 
So we don't get, we don't really get their side of anything, just what they said back at the time. And actually his brother wasn't, I don't even know what his brother looks like. I know. Isn't that, isn't that wild? Yeah. So shockingly, Dahmer did not do well in school. I mean, I know you're surprised, but and he figured out that he was gay when he was 13, and he experimented a little, a little bit with a boy in the neighborhood, apparently his age. Yeah. Um, and he fantasized about having violent sex with someone who was forced to completely submit to him. So, dear listener, this is the first sign. If you're having those types of thoughts, it's time to seek help. Yes, lots and lots of help. Right there. And, lock yourself away do not do not fantasize about knocking somebody upside the head knocking them unconscious dragging them off into the woods and raping them like he did with his first fantasy about a jogger and fortunately the guy didn't actually jog by that day yeah so he'd been seeing this jogger come by and he was like yeah dude i'm gonna hit you with a bat and i'm gonna and, and then we'll see what happens after that Basically, a normal I just want... person would go up and say, "Hey, I'm Yev. You want to come back to my house?" My name is Yev. <laughs> yeah. Want to make boning? Yeah. Hmm? No. <laughs> oh, the the Italian guy is back. Huh? You like? <laughs> yeah. And he said that the goal wasn't to kill the jogger. He wanted to touch him. Yeah, he just wanted to, yeah, give him a cuddle yeah. uh, after bashing him in the head. So he lays in wait with a bat. And wouldn't you know it, the jogger did not show up that day. And I'll tell you what, man, because, I, you know, me and baby Yeti go out on walks in the stroller and I'm armed to the teeth. But it does make you think it's like, is there somebody who watches me go past their house like every because I'm very sporadic about when we walk. But is there somebody who's like, ooh, I'm going to get him. I'm going to steal that baby. Like little do they know what hides in my man purse. But <laughs> it, it could be the owner of the dogs. The owner of the... Oh, that way? Yeah, we don't go that direction anymore. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Good call. But it does... Doesn't that, like, just kind of give you the willies a little bit to know that Jeffrey Dahmer, like, had that guy put on his running shoes that day and gone down that road that he would have been back in the face by Jeffrey Dahmer? He could have been number one. Yeah. Doesn't that... Yeah. And, it, like, who knows who's out there who sees you driving to work every day and just looks at you as you go past and are just like, mm-hmm. It gives you the yeah. willies. I'd say yeah, the no. world is probably like 90% a nice and happy, like decent place. Well, at least. Or at least it's not going to bother you. Yeah. But every now and then there's some fucking weirdos out there. And people forget that, man. When people have it too good for too long, they forget that there's weirdos. I'll tell you what. Me and Baby Yeti went to a park in a very nice part of like suburb. Near us. And uh, mm-hmm. the it was a bunch of, you know. What's the word for him? House mom, house mom, uh, not single stay at moms. Home moms, stay at home moms. There's a bunch of stay at home moms out there with their kids having a good time. And they were all like, what the fuck? They were a, a twist. This happened before I got there. There was a homeless guy because at this park, Ooh. at this park, there's like a tower and it's got like three floors. And to get to the third floor, you have to like kind of do a little jungle gym move. You have to like uh-huh. crawl onto some monkey bars to get up to the very top. So uh-huh. very secluded place for a homeless guy. So a homeless guy set up camp up there. And the first couple of moms that got to the park that day were like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck is this person doing there? And it's just kind of funny because they're not used to dealing with homeless people like the mm-hmm. people of Denver. Like, it's close. the closer you get to Denver, the more homeless people there are. And so the further yeah. away from Denver you get, the less that there are. And the more the people far away from the problem are like, oh, these poor homeless people, like, we need to do what we can to help them. 
we like, until you're face to face with one until one is jacking off in a slide at the park when you show up that morning with your kid then you're like what the fuck <laughs> then, then it's more like what do we do what do we, we do? need to call the cops to get these fucking people out of here but these are the type of people who are like defund the police and these poor people it's like <laughs> until there's a fucking problem <laughs> yeah yep. it just made me laugh so was he gone by the time you got there yeah he was gone by the time i got okay. there they had shooed him out or not shoot not like, shooting shoo, shoo. Yeah, not shoo- yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had gotten, he had been removed and uh, they were all like, can, can you believe that this happened? And it's just so funny because this is the town where Mrs. Yeti's parents are and they are so sympathetic to the plight of the homeless. And uh-huh. I'm always like, uh, the vast majority of the homeless are uh, mentally ill or drug addicted or a mix of both. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I feel bad for them, but we also need to like deal with them and not just let them do whatever they want and camp out in their own filth because they're stabbing each other and lighting forests on fire so it's not good the town that i work in there is a creek that runs through it and homeless people will set up camps along uh well they set up one uh right behind the big lots actually the the discount shopping store yeah across the street from little caesars so you drive down that road and you look over and you're Oh, there's a shopping cart over there. And oh, there's a stroller hanging out over there. Oh, and so they, the landlord or the owner of the property found out that they were living there and so called the cops, had them run them all off. And people are like, oh, that's so mean. Just let them stay there. No, no. They, they can't do that. They're going to get hurt on that property and then they're going to sue this guy. Yes. And while and- they're there, they're stabbing each other. They're like, a, yeah, no, dude, people yeah. who are homeless and mentally ill or drug addicted or both are very unpredictable (laughs) yeah yes so i can just imagine if you had gotten there before the cops did they probably would have sent you up there or tried to send you up there to deal with it because you know you're the guy protect us you know i know i would have dealt with it (laughs) (laughs) that's not a problem but no that we have people that we pay for that type of thing so they can deal with it Anyway, right. we've so, 8750. So his parents separated when he was 18. It's like right about the time he was graduating from high school. Yeah. And so the dad moves out and the mom gets custody of the younger brother. And instead of her staying in the house, she takes off too. And they just leave Dahmer here in the house all alone. Like, and imagine he, the type of people that would do that. They have a son together that just leaves. The mom is supposed to be there taking care of the younger brother and Mm -hmm. Jeff. And she's just like, nah, and just gets in the car with the younger brother and leaves him alone. Doesn't tell the dad, doesn't tell anybody, just abandons him there. That's so fucked up. But it seems like the dad didn't call to check on anybody. Also fucked up. And like, isn't the dad supposed to have visitation with the younger son? Yeah, but apparently he was totally fine with just being like, I guess I'm going to go bang my secretary and live in a motel now. I guess. I'm just saying when it's like, well, it doesn't seem like Jeff had any childhood trauma. It's like the people who are okay with doing that act, that is traumatic. And I'm sure that there's a long line of low-level trauma over a sustained amount of time. Like they showed it in the docuseries of them just getting in screaming matches constantly. It's not good. It's not good. Okay, people, your goal is needs to be give your child as boring an upbringing as possible. Yes. Give them as little that they need to discuss in therapy as an adult. If it's because your, the trauma is going to come later. If you but have a daughter, it's to normal. keep her from like getting into porn. And if you have a son, it's to keep him from stabbing people. 
There you go. That, that's your job. That's, those are your goals, man. Right there. Well, also, my goal is to be as in, big an embarrassment as possible around my daughter so that nobody wants to sleep with her so that I don't become a young grandma. I don't know how that, <laughs> how your logic tracks. Like, so show you're up with embarrassing. curlers in my hair and cold cream on my face. And so the people are like, ew, Bazinga, is that your mom? And she's like, nope. Then, then I'm like, oh, honey, come here. So, so that they know her mom's weird. Stay away from her. I don't think that that's how that works. <laughs> it's like the dad equivalent of like cleaning the shotgun. Yeah, I don't know. Because I don't know. See, boys and girls, like younger boys and younger girls work completely differently. I think that that might work for a younger boy to be like intimidated by the dad to be like, yeah, I don't want to make your dad upset. But if your daughter was like a young Scarlett Johansson and it's just like her mom is kind of batty. And I think that if I were younger, I'd be like, I could look past that. <laughs> I don't care. She is not a young Scarlett Johansson. I posted her school picture in the Discord yesterday. Did you, you see did. it? I did. <laughs> it, I mean, she's not an ugly child, but that picture is not doing her any favor. No, I it looks like she cat. got shot out, like shot out of a cannon. <laughs> shot out of a cannon. Her hair is a mess. She's just kind of like, huh? <laughs> poor thing. So the backstory for the listeners: now, if you want to see this, join the Discord. Yeah, five dollars a month. To do that, you got to become an 8750 patron. And oh, boy, Mm -hmm. do we have fun. Mm -hmm. But no, the backstory is we went camping with the Girl Scouts the weekend before and she lost her hairbrush, which she's got curly ish hair. And so when she used another brush, her hair kind of went poof. Yes, it did. It it was bad. (laughs) And I also did not know that it was picture day because she hoarded all the paperwork. And I didn't know a thing about it until I checked my email on Monday morning. Oh, it's picture day. Well, she's already left for school. So that's all right. When she's like yeah. later on in life in her 20s getting married, you can bring out that picture and be like, <laughs> Oh, I'm making her do the retake. She doesn't want to, but I'm like, we're doing the retake. Oh, that's good that there's yeah. a redo option. Because I'll yeah. tell you what, at my wedding, my sister found a picture of me when I was like going through the goth phase. Oh, by the way, shoot, is this where I want to reveal this? I found a picture of goth Jeff the other day. Uh huh. Uh huh. And I took a picture of it with my phone. Uh huh. Uh huh. Is it fabulous? <laughs> here's here's why that picture got kept. My favorite band ever was a band called Him, right? H I M. We flew okay. out to Vegas for one night only to see the band, and we were just killing time. We were staying at Mandalay Bay, and they were playing at the House of Blues at Mandalay Bay. And to kill time before the concert, we were just walking up and down the strip because we were 18 at the time. So there's nothing to do in Vegas when you're 18 because you got to be 21 to do anything fun. Can't gamble, can't drink, can't do anything. So we're just walking around. We go up to the very top floor that the elevator will let you go to in Mandalay Bay. The doors open. We look down the hall, and their guitar their guitar player named Lind was his name, a.k.a. Lily Laser, a.k.a. Daniel Lionai. Having a bunch of nicknames is so funny to me. <laughs> just having, like, 19 different nicknames. Anyway, we look down the hall, and there he is, just walking to get on the elevator. And I was like, oh, my, what? I am a little starstruck in this photo. And I was like, can we get a picture? And he was like, sure, real quick. And so this was like the disposable camera days. So quick one picture. And I like everybody has got red fucking eyes. I am just like, oh, I'm so starstruck. It's very funny. So I have that. You weren't picture. even drunk in this picture, were you? Nope. nope. Uh, no, but we did actually find an avenue to booze later on that evening. I'm sure you did. Yes. Yeah. So that's what you do when you. How old were you? 18. 18. Yep. 
some loser who went to the concert who was in charge of him street team in Vegas. Her name was like Mama something. She bought us all Jack Danielson. We were like, nope. Thank you. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Yeah. So while Dahmer is home alone for a couple of months, and I mean, it did not turn into a charming Christmas movie about an eight-year-old fighting off burglars. He uh, got a hitchhiker, brought him back to the house. He's like, hey, I got some beer and pot here, and then I'll take you to the concert afterwards. And they didn't make it to the concert. So um, now in, in the drama, they show him get, like a crime of impulse. and like, I just didn't want you to leave. Down yeah, they, but they, via the Jeffrey Dahmer tapes, we don't really know exactly how it went down other than yeah. he picked up a hitchhiker and said, I'll yeah. give you some beer and weed at my house. Want to come over? And then he was like, I did not want him to leave. So then he beat him with some workout equipment. Mm-hmm. And there you go. That's his him first, over the head. first, first body. Shoved the body into the crawl space under the house. And he had this morbid curiosity about what a dead person looks like. And he started dismembering the body so that he could get rid of it. But he was also like masturbating to the body parts yeah. as you do. As you do. Yeah. So he puts the body in garbage bags and he heads over towards a ravine, but he gets pulled over because he's swerving over the line. And so he goes back to the house with the body and there is a galvanized pipe in the yard. And he's just, wow. Did you gloss over there. some information? <laughs> he's got the body in body in trash bags cut up in mm-hmm. trash bags in the back seat of his fucking car he gets mm-hmm. pulled over yeah he just tells him oh it's some garbage that i'm taking to dump in the river that's like, what he well, said he was like oh i get uh, my parents are getting a divorce garbage disposal no he said his parents were getting a divorce and so he cl- he cut the he cut the grass and he was taking the grass clippings to just to the dump and then according, I think in real life, what happened was the cops got called away on a, a more important call. And so he got, he, they were like, all right, fuck you, go home. It seems like you're drunk. We got to go. Yep. What a lucky motherfucker this guy is. Yeah. So he could have been caught the- on his first murder. If only he had. So he shoves the body parts down the galvanized pipe in the yard. And he gets rid of the guy's personal items in the ravine. So... His dad sends him to Ohio State. He flunks out because he's drinking. He goes into the army. He trains as a field medic. He gets an he gets an honorable discharge because he's drinking too much. Yeah. Now, I have known some people that technically have honorable discharges. It's because they got caught partying and they needed to be off the base before their CO gets back on Monday morning. And so they pushed that thing through real fast. Wow. So I just because Yeti. it's a, if I get drafted, I now know my way out of it. <laughs> Back to drinking. Back to drinking. <laughs> and she was like, oh, God, no. I was like, well, you got to. The other alternative is that I get deployed in like Ukraine or something. So <laughs> yeah, well, you're what? Thirty four. Thirty four coming up on thirty five. And that's when the cutoff is. OK, well, you just cut and count down those months. I mean, as as tensions escalate in that region, I'm like, oh, fuck no yeah so three years after he dumps his body in a pipe in the yard he gets out of the army comes back the bags were still there and so he grinds up the body parts with a sledgehammer and spreads the parts or the skeleton over the one and a half acres that the house sits on and the family this guy's family did not know what happened to him for 13 years until Dahmer started talking 
And he spread the bones and remains that were left around the property. Because, like, if you were looking to get caught, spreading them out all over the place is probably the dumbest fucking thing that you could do. Like, he did get them out. all together in one small spot. Because all you got to do is find one, one tiny piece. And then and somebody you, yeah. realizes, this isn't an animal. I'll tell and you what, though. I you. find pieces of bone around my property up here. And I just assume it's an animal. You hope. I ho- well, I never even thought that it could be parts of a person <laughs> until literally right now. But I, I'll find little pieces of bone all over the place here. Matter of fact, if you want to see in the Discord, I can walk down the driveway and go find one that I know is right over there. Well, yeah, yes, take I- a picture and then we will all play amateur forensic anthropologist or forensic whatever and figure out what it is. It never crossed my mind that it would be anything but an animal. Because like, yeah, dude, there's like dogs that just get just wander around up here and one time we look out the backyard and one of them's just walking around our property with a deer leg in its mouth and it was just like ugh gross we used to have a lab and he would run off into the fields and he would come back with like cow pelvises and all kinds of interesting bones yeah when you live in a rural area finding a bone kind of you don't you don't really think that much of it i mean there's a hog carcass across the street from me i could go bring in Parts of the uh, the spine, yeah. if I wanted to, but I'm not gonna. Why don't you why don't you and Bazinga start dissecting it and see if if that sparks any fun things in her? <laughs> Being like, wow, no, I really the, like this. The flesh on that is all gone. It, it's been sitting there for like a oh. year now. All right, so Dahmer moves in with Grandma, and now they specifically said in here that he never tried to develop a relationship due to his living situation. So when I watched that whole episode in the drama with Tony, I'm like. Yeah, but they, they never talked about that. I always got the impression that that was like a one night thing or maybe he saw him one night and then picked him up the next night or something like I that. I think Tony, though, was when he was living in his apartment. Yeah. Tony's the deaf fella, yes? Yes. Yeah, I think that's when he was in his apartment. Yeah. So tell you what, though, said, the docuseries did make it seem as though him and his grandma like got along, but then he'd like yeah. scream at her and freak out on her every now and then. And in the jeffrey dahmer tapes that was never conveyed it was just kind of like nah me and grandma got along great not a big deal yeah they specifically said grandma didn't want to know what was going on in the basement and a lot of times um they said oh he brought this guy back to the house and killed him and grandma slept through it yeah so why would you i I walked away from that like why would he ever move out of this house i know right but <laughs> he was getting away with it no problem plus like grandma didn't seem to notice any smells grandma didn't seem to ever get woken up when he was doing his shenanigans in the series she woke up every now and then and was like oh yeah she's ass. like sticking her nose into every bit of his business but uh in real life it didn't seem like there were any problems it was going fine <laughs> i know it says he loved his grandma um she was religious so he went to church with her he tried to go straight she was going to talk you know, she's going to like set him up with somebody or something. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, so he started trying to create surrogates so that he didn't have to kill people. So he stole the department store mannequin, which you saw in the drama. And uh, that just didn't cut it for him. And then grandma found it, made him get rid of it. Cause he, yeah, that's just weird. I don't know if she knew what he was doing with it, but well, it you should have just let him keep it. Grandma. Uh, yeah, apparently he should have just said that he was doing karate moves on it or like, I don't know, using it. I don't, I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I'm so I can set up my outfit for the next day. There are some reasons why a mannequin like or just. Yeah, I, I rest my hat on it. Like, I don't know something. Yeah. 
I'm so, fondling it. I mean, what? <laughs> like, that was all he could come up with? Just like, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I don't know. I don't know. So he's gone nine years in between these murders. And he's at the library one day, and this guy drops him a note about giving him a blowjob. Yeah. And he didn't take him up on it, but it's like, ding! <gasps> gay people exist. Oh, yeah, I'm one of them. Back to it. This did so not he, happen in the docu-series, and it no. should have. Because, yeah, dude, he's just hanging out at the library, and somebody walks by, drops him a note. And before he even sees what the guy looks like, he's opening up the note, and he reads it, and says, like, hey, man, I'll give you a blowy in the bathroom. And he was like, how silly. But, oh, wow, that reminds hmm. me, I'm gay. I should look into that. Oh, my goodness. So he gets a job on the night shift at a chocolate factory, and he starts going to gay bars on the weekend. And, of course, yeah. Grandma doesn't know about this. No. And so they introduce Michael Ross. He is the skinny black guy in the suit. And I, well, so, I love this guy. He was just like, he's yes. just like the gay scene in Milwaukee was small. Everybody knew every motherfucker. <laughs> yep. I love this guy. Okay. He also so, worked at the like, Department of Corrections oh, yeah. for a little bit. I, I was like, I what? used to work in a prison and we watched those prisoners all the time. We watched them eat and sleep and we watched them pee and poop. <laughs> we was watching everybody. <laughs> so funny <laughs> that that comes into play later on after Dahmer gets uh, gets his in yeah because he was just saying so. he's like yeah every like most of the gay people in this Milwaukee gay scene we all knew each other so like yeah I knew Jeffrey Dahmer and everybody did yeah yeah so Dahmer starts visiting gay bathhouses you know as Fauci was you know because that was a big thing for research in the AIDS scene in the That's 80s. right. Mountain Fouch. I showed up every now and then at the gay bathhouses to take yes. samples. <laughs> That's right. I sure did. Mountain right. Fouch. Waga waga. So the problem was that Dahmer did not want to submit to anybody and he would get mad when his partners would start moving around. So he starts bringing drugs into the bathhouses to roofie his partners. Yeah. He was not a caring and considerate lover. No. Sleeping pills. And, yeah. So I like how eventually... in the docu series, sorry, Lisa. I like how in the docu series they show him like every time he found somebody who was going to kill, and he went and ordered a drink. Like, he pulls the ruby out of the his bag pocket. out of his pocket. He puts them under an ashtray and crushes them up. I don't know like, if he did that in real life, but like, why wouldn't you have them pre-crushed? I'm uh, yes, yes. Why would you not have or, those crushed and ready to go, man? What are you doing? Or why would you roofie them at the club? Because then you have to haul them out of there and haul them home. Roofie them when you get home because they're willing to go. Apparently. Yeah. So he overdrugs a guy and an ambulance has to be called. And then the bathhouse operator's like, no, you can't come back in here. You are bad. But the cops didn't care that, hey, this guy is roofing guys and raping them. But yeah. yeah. That could have been your first key that this guy's a motherfucker. He's just like, he keeps roofing people. His name's Jeffrey Dahmer. He's right there, as a matter of fact. He drugged yeah. this guy right there. And the cops are like, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so he can't go to the gay bathhouses anymore. He meets this guy named Stephen Toomey. I don't at think that we need to specify that they're gay bathhouses. <laughs> <laughs> the bathhouses, does it? <laughs> it's like the hot water heater, you know? I'm a straight it, it fella. Together. Yeah, I'm, I'm a straight fella. I've never had any desire or want to go to a fucking bathhouse ever. But if I was okay. looking to interact with some naked men, I think that's where I'd go. Probably. Yeah. So he takes him to the Ambassador Hotel and they drink a lot. Now, 
what they say in the in the documentary is Dahmer drank a lot and blacked out. Now, what they're showing in the drama is that he accidentally roofied himself. Yeah. But either way, he's a, he's out of it. And when he wakes up the next morning, Toomey is next to him and he is dead. So he goes and buys a big trunk at a luggage store and he puts the body inside and he calls and he a cab. he checked into that hotel under his own name. So I don't think he planned to kill him. I think he no. got blackout drunk and then was like, yes. uh-oh. And how, from as much as it seems like he was drinking, how much would he have had to drink that night? A lot. I used to get a blackout lot. drunk a lot yeah. hot. And, uh, oh yeah, it would be like, I, I'd blackout regularly if I drank half a handle of cheap vodka. I used to drink McCormick's. And I'd go through a handle every two days. So about half a handle would get you into like, where the fuck am I when you wake up? So, like, how much time did you spend blacked out? Um, like, I'd always think I'd black, time? I don't. I'd always think that it was later in the evening when I blacked out, but it would end up being like fucking eight or nine p.m. <laughs> this is the last thing I can remember. Well, I mean, that's the last thing I remember, but that's because I have gone to sleep. Yeah. Okay. Well, la for you not having a problem with alcohol. Look at you. Oh, wow. No, Congratulations, it's, it's, Lisa. No, it's really only because I don't like the taste. Because back when we had to do that. I don't like COVID the taste either. I sent my husband to the liquor store to buy me liquor because that homeschooling crap was so bad. And so I told him, okay, get some vodka. Because I was told that, oh, vodka doesn't have a flavor. They lied. Yeah, it does. It yeah, tastes it like cough syrup. I tried yeah. it. I spit it right back out. So I am still not a drunk. Well, you okay? I don't want to teach you how to drink, but like mix it <laughs> into some fucking orange juice, you maniac. I tried mixing it with Coke, which I probably was like combining Jack and Coke with vodka and orange juice in my yeah, head. Yeah, vodka but doesn't really go with Coke usually. But yeah. I mean, okay, when you want to get drunk, vodka can go with anything. That's the thing. So, like you just said, I didn't like the taste of booze. Me neither. But I like the effect. I don't like the taste of coffee, but I like caffeine. You, you dig? That's why when it comes to, like, you, we've been talking in the 8750 Discord a lot about, like, how to get healthy. And it's like, oh, you know, like, ha- like eat broccoli and salsa or whatever. And, and people are like, ew, broccoli. broccoli. I'm like, yeah, you big baby. Take your medicine. <laughs> you can eat it and not like it because you want to, like, you know, have the cancer-fighting power of broccoli in your system. So fucking deal with it. <laughs> But bear in mind, the one with the biggest aversion to it is 17 years old. Oh, I so, know. He's so precious. Our, yeah. our precious L. Devlin. He'll learn. He'll learn someday. All right. So Dahmer stuffs Toomey's body into a trunk, stuffs it in a cab, and takes it back to Grandma's house, where yeah. he dismembers it, and stuffs it into garbage bags, takes it to the dumpster. And this triggered something. So yeah. they, they described it as a religious conversion in reverse. Because this is his first murder in nine years. And I yes. think he got blackout drunk when he did this one. But he was just like, oh, oh I yeah. like this. And I can I apparently get away with it. So th- this yeah. is my thing now. So he starts watching satanic movies, particularly The Exorcist 3 was one of his favorites. And he really identified with the Emperor from Return of the Jedi. Yes. And so he goes and he buys like yellow contacts for going out to the clubs. Yep. And uh, let's see. Okay, so then they jump forward in the documentary to the Tracy Edwards thing, which is how he got caught. You know what I hate about 2022? What's that? It used to be back in the day, if you saw somebody out on the town in the middle of the night or whatever at the bars and they've got yellow contacts in, you'd be like, that's a fucking weirdo right there. I should Mm -hmm. avoid him. But in 2022, it's like, oh, they're just letting their freak flag fly. Like, how dare you judge them? Oh, my God. 
like that they're they're just doing their own thing like how dare you cast judgment on another human it's like uh because if you think that that's a good idea you're probably fucking weird yeah anyway january 1988 all i can hear is he meets this Indian dude named James Dockstater, and I'm probably going to butcher these names because that's what I excel at. James was 14 years old, and Dahmer asked him, hey, you come back to my grandma's house with me? And so his pretense was, I want to take your picture. And like in the drama, he's telling people, oh, yeah, I take these fine art pictures. He like, you mean like nudes? Yeah. It's like when he gets, when you get back to his place and he pulls out a Polaroid camera to yeah. take these fine art photos (laughs) you know you fucked up and and there are so many things going on that as a woman i'm like no don't take the already opened drink don't go to somebody's house for him to take your picture like he can take your picture in a park you don't have to make it so i know yeah so i'm telling you though if you're looking to meet women just get mildly into photography because every chick lights up when you're like oh yeah i'm a photographer they're like hmm Oh yeah, dude, I could use. Yeah, we could take. They're like, hmm, hmm, hmm. You want to take my picture? You want to take my picture? Huh? Hmm. I, I guess it's a little bit nicer than saying, "Oh, you're so pretty," but no. Yeah. So, Dahmer would kill people in the bedroom, upstairs, go downstairs to have breakfast with Grandma, and then send her off to church, and then he would go back up, get the corpse, take it down to the basement, and. Dear listener, he would kill them upstairs where his grandma slept, Mm -hmm. leave their dead body there, go down and have breakfast with grandma, then send her off to church, then grab the dead body, bring it down the stairs, Mm -hmm. and take it apart in the basement. That's fucking crazy. And he would tell people that his interest was taxidermy, Mm -hmm. and that's why it smelled weird. That's why it's all goofy down there. Yeah. And... Okay, so I wrote down here, the big concern is that dead people and mannequins don't leave. Yeah. So obviously, I wrote this down from something, and I have, like, no other context for that. Okay. But he had no <laughs> friends and no hobbies except for having sex with dead people. Yeah. But, uh, Kept okay, to there's himself. there's got to be something else interesting. And then they go into his interest in anatomy, and he used to, like... Um, find roadkill and dissect it further and his dad showed him how to like bleach bones and preserve them and I don't just there's gotta be a better hobby than that there has to be right like I don't know like knives I don't know whittling yeah hey Brian I don't know you could like whittle you could garden I don't know I'm just going through different hobbies that I have archery is pretty fun but yeah dude pick it up roadkill and then taking it apart with pops, it's not a good one. It's a bad yeah. one. Yeah, let's pick a better one. Good choices, people. Let's make good so, choices today, people. All right, that's our affirmation for today. Make so good September choices. September 1988 is when Jerry Boyle meets Dahmer, has to represent him because he offered a 13-year-old money for pictures, got him stripped to his underwear, gave him coffee with sleeping pills. The boy gets out of the place and... Uh, oh, Dahmer did not have a knife on him at the time. And oh, and the boy says that Dahmer listened to his stomach because he had this just uh, obsession with how the body works. Yeah, so, so he he'd like to, to put his ear to your stomach, uh, your bowels and listen to yeah. things moving and yeah. grooving in there. So the boy goes back to his house and his parents are like, 
something's not quite right with you. So they took him to the emergency room and, oh, he's drugged. So the boy is able to identify Dahmer and where he lives. So he gets arrested and he, he gets a psych evaluation while he's waiting for sentencing. And it says he's angry, guarded, evasive personality profile was of a person who uses other people, does not see them as human, lacks empathy, very likely to reoffend. And the recommendation was incarcerate this guy to keep him away from other people. Oh, but Jeffrey Dahmer has the luck of a goddamn saint, apparently. Yeah. He gave a speech at the sentencing and he got one year on work release. So that means he just has to go back to jail at night. But during the day, he's just out and about. Yeah. Well, yeah. he had a night job. So I guess he was at the jail all day, but he's out at night. So like, what if he just doesn't go to work that day? Well, I, the I, job I is supposed to call in and be like, hey, he didn't show up. But yeah, presumably. But so it's the night shift. I worked a night shift job. Nobody probably would have fucking known if I showed up <laughs> and I was like, hey. And then the manager's like, well, I'm out of here. I'll see you in the morning. And you're like, all right, bye. And then you just do whatever the fuck you want all night. The prosecutors wanted him to get six years. And when he found out that he only got one year, the psychologist was like, well, we're going to get him back eventually. Yeah, they interviewed the psychologist and he's just like, yeah, this guy is clearly fucked up and he will be back. So great. But he also had several months between the conviction and the start of his sentence. So he's hitting up the gay bars during this time. Yeah. Yeah. You think did you think he stopped? No. No. So March of 1989 is when he struck up a conversation with Tony Sears. That was the deaf guy from episode six, I think, of the drama. Yeah, the one that broke Kelsey's heart. Yes, Tony had this arrangement to meet up with friends at the end of the night for a ride home because he didn't have a car. And he brought Jeffrey Dahmer with him. And they dropped him off at Dahmer's house or nearby at a corner. So they didn't know exactly where. They said Dahmer was drunk. And they mixed the coffee and pills. Tony fell asleep and Dahmer strangled him while Grandma slept right through it in the other room. Wait, and so he had, Tony did get taken out at Grandma's house? That's what this says. Huh. And, and it I wasn't a relationship. I could have sworn that he was the dead body that was in Jeffrey Dahmer's room when the cops came back no. with the 14-year-old. No. Because this happened in 1989 and he didn't get arrested until 1991. Uh, yeah. No. When did the 14 year old happen? The 14 year old. The, okay. The one that he's getting sent to jail for or his no. brother? Brother. His brother was. I don't. Re- I cannot remember how to pronounce his name. So I'm like scanning on my notes here. Um, not until much later, apparently. Because I know I wrote stuff down about it because that was the no yeah it was the 14 year old who had the hole drilled in his head that what they got out and then the the cops came up into his room and little did they know there was a dead body in jeffrey dahmer's room when they popped around his place and they were like "Mm, gross we gotta go if they had just opened the door they would have seen it i thought that that was tony who was in there no nope okay so tony got murdered at grandma's house Yes, Tony got murdered at Grandma's house, and he preserved the head in acetone. And he starts branching out into different methodologies on how to preserve a body. Because it's very important to keep learning new things. you got to build your skill set all your life. Very yeah. 
if you want to stay sharp, you got to keep getting into new hobbies as you age. You got to do Wordle. Yes. Dude, I failed Wordle today and I'm pissed. I noticed that. That was uh, that was a tricky one. It wasn't I, wasn't a good one. No. Um, so Dahmer also kept uh, Tony's genitals in an airtight container and kept it in his locker at the chocolate factory once his work really started because he didn't want grandma to find it in his room. Right. But he also said, if I knew how to love, I'd have loved Tony. Yeah. And he hoped that the head would still look like Tony. But you know what? When heads actually do start to decompose, they don't look like the person anymore. No. Yeah. Maybe that's why the docu-series made it into such a more relationship with Tony. Because it, in the tapes, at least, he's like, I like Tony quite a bit. Still killed him. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Tony's sister called... Tony's friend, Connor, who was supposed to give a ride because nobody had heard from him. Right. And Connor becomes the prime suspect. So he's trying to uh, help the cops because he's like, hey, there was this blonde guy and I dropped him off at this corner. And so he starts, um, the police require him to go to different gay clubs and see if he could recognize this blonde man. Now, he's already in jail. He's not at these clubs. And you would think that if cops are going into a bar amongst the community that they have an acrimonious relationship with, that they would be plain clothes. But you would be wrong. Yeah, They're taking so the... cops in full uniform into these bars. And the club owners are not happy about this. They're like, do not come back. Yeah. So if Jeffrey so... Dahmer was hanging out in one of the corners of this bar and he sees a couple of cops come in through the front door, at least he would have the sense enough to be like, ooh, time to, time to dip. Goodbye. Probably. Yeah. Maybe. And so Connor has been accused of killing his friend and now he has lost his entire social support network. So he gets so out he of moved. Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah, he moved. He left. We don't hear from him again. So May of <laughs> 1990, he uh, moves into this apartment after work release. It's called the Oxford Apartments. Yes. And so from the drama makes it seem like grandma is being real nosy, getting up in his business, and they just kind of want him out of there. Okay, and fine. in the docu-series, he got, like, caught whacking it at a carnival, at the state fair? At, at the state fair. They never touched on this in the documentary. Is that a real thing? Did that actually happen? I don't know. They don't never either. mentioned it. And, and that's um, not what Jerry Boyle defended him for. Right. So... And so Don't things know. were getting tense in the docu-series. Things were getting tense with grandma and she's poking into his business and the dad was just like, okay, got, you're, you're moving out. We've had enough of you. You got, because he got caught with the 13-year-old doing the yeah. pictures. Yeah. And he's like, you're moving. Yeah. So he moves into this building and they said that Milwaukee was very segregated at the time. And... But in real life, we don't know why he moved. He, I, I guess, I don't know. Because yeah, it seems like because... things were going great at grandma's. Yeah, because she's not waking up. But um, Dahmer is the only single white male in the building. Right. And he told a neighbor that he had just broken up with his girlfriend in West Allis. Well, that was grandma. So they, they think that, oh, well, we're going to introduce you to these other ladies in the building. And his like, neighbors no. liked him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's like very opposite of how they depicted it in the drama. Yeah. Because they they took like all the black women that didn't like him and like made one composite character and put her across the street or across the hall from him. And that's just not how it was. Uh, shared a wall. Like down okay. the hall from him, like shared wall. 
Okay. No, not uh, okay. You say okay as if like I'm an asshole. No, like Glenda Cleveland, right? She lived. She shared a wall with him in a vent. No, I don't know if she actually lived in the building or not. No, no, no. She doesn't. In real, hold on. In the docu series, in real life, it seems like she lived across the street. Okay, so the neighbor that they're interviewing is Vernell, and he is yeah. a black man. He and later on, he mentions his wife, who was the one who. Um, well, okay, so at one point, Vernell <laughs> wakes up at two thirty in the morning, and there is this putrid smell. And so he opens up his front door, and he sees a mist. So he does yeah. what any rational person would do is he shuts his door, puts a towel under it, and goes back to bed. And then tells his wife in the morning. So she goes and starts sniffing all the door hinges. And she's like, that smell is coming from Jeff's apartment. And yeah. so she sits in her doorway in a lawn chair and waits till Jeff comes home and confronts him. Yep. Yeah. So I don't know if Linda Cleveland actually lived in the building or not. That's what I'm saying. But, but when I, I corrected, hold on. When I corrected you, I was saying in the docu-series, she shared a wall with him. Okay, yes. In the show. In in the drama, yes. In real life, I don't know where she lived, but they did interview in the documentary his across-the-hall neighbor, and that's who you just talked about. Yes. We're on the exact same page. Okay, we're good. Okay, but but my point is they're combining all the generic black women that didn't like him into one composite character. Oh, yeah, no, I agree with you. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. I don't know how so, we got fucked up right there. It's probably my fault. I was watching. We are arguing <laughs> about how much we agree with each other. <laughs> Love it. Okay. So Dahmer was able to fool people when he needed to. And he was enticing people into this apartment. Uh, and he had pictures of bodies before, during, and after dissection. Yeah. So he kills this guy named Cash D. And he said it was a shame to destroy such a nice body, but he didn't have a choice. But he couldn't use a sledgehammer to break up the bones anymore because now he's in an upstairs apartment and he's got neighbors. Right. Oh, hey, I hit the leave recording button, so hey, turn that off. Um, so he buys this 80-gallon kettle from a restaurant supply store. From an Ace and, Hardware? Yes. Oh, no, so no, no, will, no. Wait, you're right. My bad. He bought like a huge pot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he can boil the remains. And then he gets a barrel, probably from Ace Hardware. That's the one. I, that's, that's, that's the that's, blue barrel. Yeah, that's he what I was it over talking in the about. Corner, and it's full of acid. And so he dumps the bones in there, and they turn to slush that he can then flush down the toilet. So he's got a plan. Yeah. He's got a system. He does. To have a plan. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, I'm because they jump back and forth. So I'm going through my notes and I just no, write I it down as it happens. The whole time I watched the docuseries and then this documentary, it was like, this is just such a, they told this story in such an out and or, out of order way. It's like, why? Just yeah, give go. Give me a timeline. Just, yeah, go in order. It's a very interesting and compelling story. You don't need to fuck around with the, the like, he got arrested and now he's getting interviewed. And this is when he did that. And it, it like, just fucking just go in order. So the gay community in Milwaukee was small. And I looked it up and the population of Milwaukee at the time was like 630,000 or so. Okay. Um, so if you didn't see somebody for a couple of weeks in a row, the, the other people at the gay bars would assume that they moved away or that they got sick or died because AIDS was a big, yeah. was and still is a big thing. Um, much bigger and prevalent then but yeah yes because i I was sitting there trying to figure out um exactly 
he was arrested in 1991 and i remember kimberly Bergalis. i don't know if you remember her name at all no she was um an aids activist she had been infected by her dentist Ooh. and then she died in 1991 and i remember learning about her in school before she died because when i saw the news article i was like oh i know who that is um so that was in 91 so we were in the stages of okay, we know that you can't get AIDS from breathing or using the same utensils, so you don't have to be afraid to touch them, but for the love of God, don't have sex with them. And and don't uh, share needles or anything along those lines. Yeah, sharing needles, that's a big one. Yes, so people are most definitely getting AIDS and they get sick. What you're pointing out is that Jeffrey Dahmer was active in a city, in in a community that wasn't so, it wasn't completely uncommon for somebody that you knew and you would see at the bars to just kind of disappear. It's like, you know, they could have died or they could have gotten sick and then moved, moved away. Or, you know, their family found out they were gay and they had to flee town or something. Right. So the people that he's preying on just so happen to be people that regularly disappear anyway. Yes. And so he is also living in a black neighborhood or a mostly black neighborhood. Right. And have you ever seen uh, Jordan Peele's get out? No. Uh, so the whole premise is that they have figured out how to transfer the consciousness of an old person into a new body, therefore letting them, uh, letting that consciousness live on indefinitely. And so you need this supply of bodies for that. And so they are kidnapping young black men because the cops don't care. They don't investigate it nearly as hard as if it was a young white man that disappeared. They just assume that, oh, it's gang activity, drug activity, whatever. Yeah. And that's one of the complaints that the community had after Dahmer was arrested. He, most of his victims were men of color, young men of color, and the cops didn't care. And we've already seen two instances, at least, of the cops messing up their jobs. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. So, let's see. Tony. Okay, so they go to Tony Hughes. We already talked about him. Why did they go back to him? I'll tell you this though, I got about a nine minute warning. So let's 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 go. Let's hit that gas. Oh, for baby. Okay. So um oh yeah, in one of the interviews. So I had a drill at home and um this is gonna sound bad. It's like really, Jeffrey? It all sounds bad. It's like should yeah. I say it or not? I drilled a hole in his skull to see if I can make him a zombie. So that's what he started doing. He did that with the 14-year-old that he abducted. He drilled a hole in the top of his head and poured acid in it to see if that would render him a zombie because, like, the docuseries didn't do a good job, but the Dahmer tapes did it, laid it out more. He had abandonment issues, huge, like, huge abandonment. So he he didn't necessarily want to kill people, but he wanted people to stay with him and not leave. And the best way he knew how to do that was killing people. So he started experimenting with, like, well, I wanted them to be alive. but I just wanted them yeah. to, like, never leave and have no thoughts or opinions. So I'll drill a hole in your head and put acid in it and see if that leaves yeah. you a zombie. Well, it so killed. The first one he did, it killed him. Yep. And then he does it to the second one. And this is happens to be the brother of the boy that he tried to diddle before, that he Which went to jail for. He did not know that until he got caught. Right. Yeah. So he injects the acid and the guy survives. So he goes off to get a celebratory beer. And when he's on his way back, the, uh, what is his name? Konarak, Konarak, I wrote it two different ways. He has gotten outside the apartment and these people have found him and they are trying to put themselves between this young boy and Dahmer and they've called the cops. And he tells the cop, 
oh yeah this is my boyfriend we're gay together and, and he gets like this sometimes he got drunk and he hit his head and he told me to go get him a beer so i went to go get him a beer and the cop uh, the these ladies are like no th this is not right this is a child and so the police go back up to his apartment with Dahmer and this completely incapacitated kid now if they had run his name they would have found out this guy is on probation for sexually assaulting a young Laotian boy and what do we have here a young Laotian boy yeah but they, they did not really ask fucked his up name. by not just running his name yeah uh, it's all they had to do and this okay this is Okay, you were right. This is when Tony Hughes' body was laying on the bed. I was thinking it was when the other guy escaped and, and he finally got caught. But yes, Tony Hughes' dead body was laying on the bed when all this happened. So if they had just opened the door. Yeah, no, okay, so Tony did didn't get taken out at Grandma's house. He got taken out. Well, then where did he get dropped no, off? Because you said he got dropped off. It must off. be his head. Oh, maybe. Because he did keep the head. Maybe that's it. Guys, so fucking confusing. <laughs> Yes, because they're hopping back and forth. I know, just go so, in a linear line and then we can follow this. So the mom of these two young girls, that or two 18-year-old girls that put themselves uh, between them, um, she keeps calling the cops to ask, hey, what was the, she's following up on that. And they're like, ma'am, it's taken care of. And, and it's like, we returned him to his boyfriend. It's like, no, that was a child. No, ma'am, I'm telling you, that was an adult. They just didn't want to deal with it. Right. And um let's see another one the name she didn't know that was a broke she keeps calling the police and in the um audio of they played it in the in the drama of the cops Her. calling in the the whole situation back to the uh headquarters and they said um yeah the intoxicated asian male has been returned to his boyfriend <laughs> and my um partner's gonna go get deloused at the station and you went into that on the uh, on the first episode or on the, the, the review, review. With Kayla and company. So Kayla and company <laughs> <laughs> shout out Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> Team Kelsey. Kayla and company. <laughs> yes. So um, June, 1991, yeah. he's killed four more people. He had to be at work in an hour. So he had to decide, okay, am I going to strangle this guy now? Or am I going to keep him alive? And he decided, uh, see he decided to keep the guy alive and he got fired and that's what triggered the end so he just escalates a whole bunch and Vernell's all hurt because i knocked on the door and he came to the peephole and i know he saw me and he went away he just didn't want to talk to me so what's feeling. happening is it used to be he would like kill somebody he'd take them all apart and he'd deal with Dispose their body, the body but he started going wild and he'd have yes. a dead body in the apartment when he brings over his next victim he was showering with two people in the bottom of the tub. Yeah. He, so he that had people apartment did not cut, smell good. No, he had people that were cut up and in his tub and he's taking a shower to get ready to for work and their bodies yeah. are at his feet. So he was losing it. And then, yeah, like you say, he got fired because instead of taking care of a body, he went to work or no, he mm -hmm. decided to take care of the body and then didn't go to work and then he got fired. And yeah. then he was already off the rails. He goes even more off yeah. the rails. And this is what leads to him getting caught. I mean, I don't think he was ever on the rails, but yeah. So he starts cannibalizing <laughs> yeah. the most attractive victims because he thinks that it by ingesting what he finds attractive, it will make him attractive and they will stay with him. And like, well, you know what? You shit out what you eat, dude. So that's not going to work. Yeah, there's a couple so, there's a couple holes in his logic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just just a few couple. So the way that he finally gets arrested is uh, Tracy Edwards. 
He brings him back to his apartment and he puts a handcuff on one arm and Tracy's like, oh, and he moves away and he can't get the other one on. And so he plays nice because he's like, okay, this guy's weird, but gets him in the bedroom and he, he starts playing real nice, but then he winds up whacking him over the head and running out. And he managed to unlock the right door because he had like eight different locks on the door. And so he runs out into the street and he's like half naked with a handcuff and he flags down some cops. And they don't have a key for the handcuff. So they go back to the apartment with him and he's like, yeah, that's him. He locked me up. And so then, so in the drama, they ask, hey, do you mind if we come in? And Dahmer's like, oh yeah, yes. But no, dude, not without a warrant. Don't let the cops in without a warrant. Yeah. Otherwise, Jeffrey Dahmer could still be out there killing people today. You're right, Lisa. (laughs) So they look around and they find the photos and the guy starts flipping through them. And like I said, he's taking pictures of them mid dissection. He's like, oh, shit, these are real. And so they arrest him. And the neighbors didn't all know what happened. They thought that, hey, did Jeff get hurt? They had no idea what was going on. They just knew his place stunk. And so they call in the um, the defense attorney. (laughs) Hazmat comes in because you've got the picture of them moving that giant blue barrel down the uh, fire escape stairs. That was like one of the most famous parts of the video. Yeah. So um, he starts talking to the cops because he knows they've got everything they need. And he's signing papers daily. Like I am voluntarily talking to the cops. They are not coercing me. This is not a forced confession. So yep. Wendy goes and sees the apartment. What is that? And Hang on. Okay. Can Your you hear me? Ringing. Yeah, I can what? hear you. <laughs> How is it ringing when I am on airplane mode? Cause you can still call people when you're in airplane mode. You want to be That's in do not disturb. <laughs> anyway airplane mode you guys all have this weird misconception of airplane mode airplane mode just means that you'll use wi-fi if you're connected to wi-fi which you are that's how we're talking so you can use wi-fi calling okay well like like (laughs) i've told you before i am rapidly becoming a little old lady who does not know how to use her phone yeah you got to go to do not disturb that's the one you're thinking of i thought it was anyway so Wendy goes to uh, his well, apartment while not, they're cleaning it out. You know how I out. know? Your phone just rang. And she gets all grossed out and she runs to the fire escape and vomits over the end. And all the guys laugh and are like, ha, ha, ha. And I'm like, bitch, y'all all did too. You know, know. that none Your of you Your first crime were... scene you went to, you know, it fucked with you as well. Shut up. Yeah. 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 So what happened to us? She's his defense attorney and her boss was like, yo, we don't want to make sure that the cops aren't fucking with any evidence at, at his apartment. Why don't you go over there and watch them to make sure they're not up to anything weird? And so she got to be firsthand to see a lot of the gruesomeness. And she was like, wow. And then they made fun of her. Yeah. So they are gearing up for an insanity defense because what else is there? So for the legal definition of insanity in Wisconsin at the time, it was like unable to distinguish between right and wrong or unable to control their conduct. Well, clearly well, he was able to control his conduct because he went nine years without killing anybody. Right. So the insanity thing didn't really work out. He got charged. He got convicted of life and then he went to jail. He was in solitary confinement for most of it because he's a fucking weirdo. And he, they knew that he'd get killed. And he was like, I'm losing my mind. I got to be out around people. And his lawyer and like, was like, no, no, don't do that. And, lawyer and was he- like, yeah, they're going to kill you. So do not go into general pop and he was like i'm gonna put my application to go into general population he did and was murdered that's the end of jeffrey dahmer fuck that guy all right lisa this has been fun (laughs) 
Okay. I take a baby Yeti is away. Uh, we are, we got tickets to go to a pumpkin patch. So I got to wake ah. her up and get moving. So, but it was, we had a good time. Jeffrey Dahmer's an asshole. Yep. He's dead. Yay. Yeah. Not going to shed a tear for that one. Nope. All right. Later boners. Bye.